Hello, Blood Bowl Grud here. Now I'm only introducing the Tier 3 podcast because they've promised me a big bag of money and the chance to touch Bob Bifford without him noticing. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Tier 3 Podcast. I am the man, the myth, the gravy stain, the one and only Beard. And this month I'm joined by our host with the most, not to boast, it's Jay. How are you doing? Lord Jay, thank you very much. I shall reintroduce that. Our sire and lord, Jay, how are you doing? I'm okay, buddy. I'm uh, doing pretty well. It's nice to hear you with a bit of uh, emotion in your voice rather than just uh, something pulled out of data's asshole. Well, I've had six coffees today, so I'll be awake until about four o'clock oh. and then I'll crash. Well, I think that's the first story of the day, which I didn't actually give a flame fuck about. So, <laughs> sorry, but I couldn't resist that one. I know you've introduced us, but I'm going to take over, but yeah. So, Beard, as per usual, we like to start off and talk about games played. So, we've been in a league. It was week seven this time so this was playoff positionals and final standings before playoffs so how did you get on my friend so i played mark and his leveled up chaffs i say played i sat at the other side of the table from him while my dice refused to let me play and while my team melted away into nothing and i got an absolute spanking that was monday night i don't think i sat down properly till wednesday so moving swiftly on from that how did your game go well i think i done a bit better than that because I'm not quite sure whether I mentioned I played Nurgle last, or well, I just mentioned it here anyway. So I played Nurgle. There was a couple of plays which I'm going to turn turn on and say are probably going to be to my detriment. They were a little bit off, I would say, but didn't call them out in time, so it was on my head. But it was a fun game, kind of clawed a draw towards the end, and then I played. Kemri this week. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna brag about him, but he is probably a Team Wales previous player. He's done well in tournaments that we've been to, and he's been there as well. I think what was it? Barbecue Bowl. He came fourth, third or fourth with Ogres. Yeah, yeah. And then he's been to a couple more, and he's played well. I played against the Voice of Jericho, our friend Matthew, and well, I was shitting myself because I've never played Kemri before, and all I could see was the front row of Tomb Guardians, Strength Five. So I'm like, oh well, I'm outplayed, outclassed, and I've got a really good player across the table from me. Got to pull up my uh, big boy socks, but yeah, I think I done well. I held him off. First first half, I think I held him off. And um, second half, we, I think, very quickly, he would manage to put, put me down. But I held onto the ball quick, got a ball, and then broke away. Managed to get, was it, mid-second half uh, touchdown. So I thought, oh, this would be all right. I can hold him off. But a couple of plays shows my inexperience. And done really badly on positioning. Allowed him to turn... Turned around and get a turn 16 touchdown, which, well, to be honest, I kind of feel like I played myself for the uh, draw because I should have been paying attention the full game. Perhaps I could have walked away with a 1-0 win, but yeah, you live and learn, don't you, Brad? So I know for next time. You do, but I think the fact that you forced him as late as turn 16 to score, and it was it, it was, it was, a, it was a close thing. I think if, if you'd have been in that position and you hadn't have had that turn, I think you'd have taken the win in that one. I think it really was a... It, it, it went down to turn 16 job. To go up against a race that you'd not played against before, and a coach, like you say, 
who's represented Team Wales and knows pretty well what he's doing, I think that's a, a, a fairly solid result. Well, I took took that away. I was uh, I thought, ah, oh, well, I played I played probably the best fifteen rounds I have, I've ever played with my Black Oaks, and it kind of worked. And I felt a bit better about it because I thought, well, most of the second half I didn't have my troll either, so I was playing with a really understrength team against most of mostly his uh, tomb guardians so i felt a bit better about myself i was like oh I'll console myself a bit you know saying oh look i didn't have the strength on my side i didn't have the speed so my positioning was probably a bit better than it normally was but yeah i would say it was the turn 16 that really let me down but you live and learn so Hopefully next time I meet them, I probably hope that I'm going to pick up my uh, socks again and hopefully eke out a win this time instead of falling down and letting the touchdown through. But yeah, I will say he he called me an asshole at the end because he had to concentrate for the full game. So I'm going to take that as a win myself, to be honest. I think I would. Yeah. But the only problem is that draw game pushed me out of playoff position. So I think towards the end of it, I think you finished sixth, weren't you? Was fifth? Seventh out of eight, I think it was, in total. Second bottom, either way. So we had a nobility team dead last. Then it was Demons of Corn, which was you yourself. Number six was a Nurgle team. I came in fifth with the Black Oaks, and then into the playoffs, there's Ogres, Chaos Dwarves, Tomb Kings, and Chaos Chosen. So, nice varied uh, lot. If you don't mind me telling people, we had, was it, out of all games played, you've had one win, three draws, three losses. Yep. With you a total up to six, and with mine, I had two wins, four draws, and one loss, which... It's a fairly solid record. Yeah, I th- touched everything, didn't I? I had a win, I had a, lo- a loss, and I had a draw. So I think I done all right there. Yeah, it was one point in it between me and playoff position. So next time I join the league, I will try and push myself that little bit harder to get one pip higher than where I was. We're going to have to get the next one started soon, haven't we? We are indeed. We are indeed. The next league for us starts in January, and at the minute, I am torn between Nurgle, Vampires, possibly Norse. I haven't yet decided. Again, possibly even Dwarfs. I've not decided yet. Sorry to cut in, Baya. What we should say, Baya, is you've actually played a second game this week, which was you tested out playing Vampires. I did. And you went up against a human team. And do you want to tell people how that went? Uh, So I, I tested what we'd seen, which was Vampires with Pro, which is all well and good when Pro decides it wants to work. And it's all well and good if when you do re-roll, you're going from skulls into something useful and not skulls into skulls, or you're re-rolling threes into something useful and not a one. So that went pretty poorly. I went up against a test roster for the Christmas Chainsaw Massacre that we're at in December, uh, and the roster was three human linemen, two halflings, Carla and Griff. Carla and Griff did Carla and Griff things, and my vampires did about fuck all, it's probably best to say. A solid fuck all, was it? A solid fuck all, yeah. I had a rethink of that list, and then you and I sat down on Sunday just gone, and we had a test having played around yeah. with my skills. Yeah, so I won't mention my team, because I'll mention that in the next one. Yep. So I want to see how far I get painting it before I announce it. That's fine. So I tested against what you were hoping to try and run, and it went a lot better having played around with some of the skills. So I dropped pro on all the vamps, and I gave three block and one mighty blow. So I had four vampires. I had seven thralls, one with kick and one with sure hands to do 
the obvious things that kick and show hands do. And I took Wilhelm as my star player. And we also get a free star player at the event called Wrapping Paper Face. That game went a lot better. You say that, but Wrapping Paper Face left your team, I think, what was it, turn one? Turn one, you did, but the rest of the team didn't do too bad. It went a lot better than the 3-0 loss against the humans, so I, I think that's what I'll probably run. I've decided to go vampires, not for the fact that I'm expecting to win anything. Winning one out of three or four games would be nice, and not losing them all. But I decided to play them because I wanted to get them painted up, and I give myself a deadline to do them, which I've done them in, uh, which is the same reason why I'm painting Nurgle at the moment ready for the January League. Whether I take them or not, it just gives me a deadline. But that's my my vampires I think I've settled on. And some of them have earned names, like Thieving Steve. Didn't he die? Thieving Steve did not die. He got KO'd. It was one of them I killed, wasn't it? You killed... It was somewhat along the lines of, like, One-Eyed Dave or something like that that died. But there was definitely one player who did die. Ah, hang on. I think I found it. I know Willem died on, like, turn eight. I sacrificed Rapid Paper Face for uh, Willem, so I didn't have to deal with him the second half. So, Coining Frank died, and Lamplight Larry was the one you KO'd. Yeah, there you go. I knew I killed somebody. You did. That game, we drew, but I dropped the ball a bit. The first half, I completely forgot about rules that are there to balance my team. But the fact that I'm clawed back and managed to get a draw, I was a bit happy with, considering I was on the back foot. Good times. I think that's everything now, wouldn't it? Other than playing games, have you done any hobby? Let's say I've made a start on my Nurgle team, which is a HP Lovecraft-themed team. So think big Cthulhu swamp beasts and think cultists, think townsfolk and tentacle tokens and you're about there I've made a start i've painted a cultist mostly to get an idea of the paint theme and i've put a couple of base colors down on one of the beasties again just for an idea of wrapping the, the color theme together but i'm hoping that these will be done by the end of the year i know it's early november to mid-november but it's, it's about 30 odd models so that'll take my backlog be gone done for this year if i get it done by the year end which i should do i'm, I'm gonna paint these to the next step up from what i painted my vamp so there's gonna be a lot more highlighting a lot more blending and so on on the compared to the vamps i've what else have i done uh we signed up for another event we've signed up for midwinter madness team tier three baby tier three on tour again i've had a tidy up of my hobby shelf where i keep all my paints because it's starting to resemble a bit of a mess so i've had a tidy up of that i've had a tidy up of my painted shelf and just move things around so things i'm not using have gone to the back things i'm more likely to use have come to the front i finished building my norse team and they're all undercoated so i used a box of gw's chaos marauders and from that i've built two berserkers a shit ton of linos a couple of catchers I've used the drakari clawed fiend that's going to be my yeti uh, and i want to get to games workshop wolfen some of the less armored ones and I'm going to play around with them, convert them a bit, and they will be my Ulf winners. I have undercoated my entire Black Oak team, apart from Varag, who decided to fall off his base as I was taking them outside, so he's still green plastic. I've undercoated my Glowworm model. I've undercoated my Halfling Chef and Coach, and my two biased referees, the Elf and the Dwarf biased referee you get in the starter set. They've been undercoated. I think that covers hobby for me for this month. I've done a lot more undercoating than, than painting this month so far. Uh, what about yourself? have you gotten with hobby right well so far i've done i would say based half a team well everything's been undercoated and then a couple of like base layers has gone down on half a team like i've said before with family with editing it eats a lot of your time so i've tried to make the most of it i've tried to do as much as i can 
Like, even before this recording, I was trying to rush painting and trying to get that done. But on top of that, glutton for punishment, I have started building my killer boss on Corpse Ripper Vulture. Because I wanted to make it onto a nice big base and then spray it all together. Because I want to try and do more than I did on my test models i want to try and do a little bit more of the scene on the diorama stuff that is a lovely kit mind yeah well me being done i went oh do you know what i'm gonna start on like my biggest fucking model that i've just bought like you know so yeah well done not bad <laughs> i'm glad you said it at least i was as i was putting it together because like i still haven't finished it i think i still got the wings to put on me and then i got the guy go separate but i've started that because like i haven't got enough to bloody do and then on top of that, the little one started paying more attention to what I'm doing model-wise. But he's not interested in playing Blood Bowl. He doesn't like that type of thing. But I've fallen for the gateway drug. He's into his Marvel at the moment. I have just picked up the core box for Marvel Crisis Protocol. That's a little box that I'm not rushing properly to do. It's going to be my in-between project thing because it's just for me and him in the house like. Your palate cleanser, yeah. Yeah, well, to be honest, right, even if I, I, I'm not probably going to go down to a club to play it, I've just done this so me and him could play in the house. I got models, and it's something that he recognises and he wants to play, and perhaps this could lead him into something else. And Or he might turn around and go, I enjoyed it, but I don't want to carry on doing it. He might turn around and say, something else is better when he's older. Yeah. So that's mine and his little game now. I think we've started now every Sunday afternoon. Uh, that's going to be our thing now. We'll have a game of that to the point of he's even knowing half the rule set, so he's reminding me about it. So he's picked it up for a seven-year-old to pick up a game like that. I think he's done really well. Whether I've taught him right doesn't end up matter, but <laughs> house rules at the end of the day, you know. So Start him young, get him into a game like this, and then they'll never have money for drugs. Yeah, to be honest, right, I've been told it's really balanced, and in fairness, we probably played it wrong on our first game, we're getting better, but to the point of he's even having fun, and if nothing's going his way, he's still laughing about it. I primed everything, I built it, I built the scenery, I built the models, and the models were unnecessarily fucking fiddly as well, when you've got to build a hand to go on to like half an arm, and then you've got to build another half an arm, plug it into another fucking model, that was Atomic Games, it's a, lo it's a lovely game system, but fucking do better with your card but, oh my word <laughs> fucking ridiculous but i built all all avenger models in there and i thought oh do you know what he's gonna want to play the avengers turns out he likes to play the bad guys because they got cool toys because ultron is just like fucking phenomenal in this uh core box and he thinks that's great who doesn't want to be the bad guys bad guys get all the cool things they get all the cool lines in the movies well yeah well that's the thing see i think i was more upset about the fact that i wasn't allowed to be the bad guys because he wanted to be and i'm like no i like being the bad guys so like you said we've signed up for midwinter madness we give alistair all the praise last last episode for running the sin city event you know doing all behind the scenes stuff going to one of his events is going to be fucking phenomenal so we signed up midwinter we're going to be there beginning of uh 2022 and i hope we see you there and i'm guessing by this point there's going to be some tickets there so if you want to go sign up asap roster submission doesn't happen until the end of december so enough time for you to like decide on a team the other thing is there's mercs in this one so i know that puts people off but we've been having fun with mercs haven't we but we've been like piss balling about we came up with a mutant fucking halfling the way that he's done it, you don't have to have silly over the top stuff you can if you want you know and there will be as as some people have called it cheat codes to get 
the best Merc. He's limited it though, haven't he? So it's not going to be the under-armoured Morgue or the, the stupid uh, fanatic that's too too strong. It's in a way because of the restrictions, it's opened up the field a lot more. Yeah. So because like I was looking at a was it a Blitzer with short man syndrome? Yep. I had a mutant halfling or goblin. It was a, it was a stunty. I said he had an extra long dick, so we, I, he had pogo stick or something like that. It was something stupid. Yep. And I think I looked at a. I think I looked at a big guy as well because you could you could have like a variety of different mooks on it. So yeah, it was daft shit. But they they might practice one, flesh them out at some point. I don't know whether, which one I'm going to take. But like we're talking about uh, stats and everything, I think we should segue now into. What we talked about the last episode, which was the blood spawn. Yep. And we were well off when we bet. We were. I think we fantasy draft what we'd like to see, and it was nowhere near what what we hoped. Fantasy draft. I can have that. We made we made the best player ever, I think. And then it turned out GW went. Um, no, you can't have things you like. So we said our blood spawn would be 140,000 gold. And we said, movement 5, strength 5, agility 5, no passing, armor value 10, with loner 4 plus, mighty blow plus 1, frenzy, claws, and jugs. What did we get? We got, we got an asshole at the end of the day. The blood spawn costs 160,000. I was 20,000 off. Movement 5, strength 5, agility 4 plus. So he's a bit more agile than what we thought he was going to be. No passing. So at the moment, we are three stats out of four. Yep. And then we said armor value 10, but he's actually armor value 9 plus. So yeah, I think we had three out of five, which I don't think was bad. One slightly better, one slightly worse. So we're pretty much even at the minute. We're not we're not far off at the minute. We weren't far off on the skills either. So Lona four plus, which we said, mighty blow plus one, uh, frenzy and claws. We had that, but he had instead of jugs, he had unchanneled fury, which is a thing I will be honest, I completely forgot about. Yeah, it's useful. Yeah, he doesn't really lose his tackle zones now when he loses his shit. But I don't think that equates to 20,000 more than what we said. I agree. To me, he is a overpriced Minotaur. And if anything, I think the Minotaur is probably more useful than this guy. So I'm a little bit disappointed because the team looks so promising. And okay, you've got some friends you've got to deal with and everything like that. But it needed a big guy, in my opinion, to work. It needed something that you can push about and it would take out your, you know, strength five, strength six. It would put them in a position that they would have to stand off for a bit. But don't think people are going to be picking up a blood spawn. It's too over overpriced for my liking. Yep. I may be wrong. And to me, I would appreciate people getting in contact. But I, I think it's ridiculous. Under 60,000, to me, that's a write-off. I'd rather have those that gold piece and then... Put it for re-rolls. Perhaps you can have an apothecary. Hell, even a bloody wizard is cheaper than this thing. Yep. So I'm not happy with that. I was a little bit disappointed. And I think I bitched to you for about two days. And do you want to tell people what your opinion on it is? I think it's total bollocks, to be honest. I I think big guys going past 150k, like you say, renders them at a point where you have to think if the gold pieces are worth it. Because as you say, there are other options. There's the wizard. There's, like you say, there's, there's for most teams, at least two re-rolls there. There's, that can be a re-roll and an app at the start of a league compared to a big guy. That can be a cheap star player in some yeah. places. If you're at 150,000, I think at that point, for me, the negative trait has, shouldn't be there. 
like once he hit 150,000 plus as a big guy I think they're too unreliable for the amount of gold that they are don't get me wrong all right have have loner yeah i get that because they're big they're angry they're not going to listen to their coach but to then also have some like unchanneled fury as well where they could just go nah fuck it i'm doing fuck all this turn and then continue with that the only th- the only thing that unchanneled fury will have on its side is you still have your tackle zones yeah if even if he plants his feet he's not giving up a uh, he's not giving up his tackle zones where the cheaper ones like a troll or say a rot spawn they can go stupid or you say an ogre they can go stupid they can go bonehead or whatever right and then they lose everything and i said it's, you've got jack shit then and that's yeah. just an open channel but that, that guy don't i know i've just said i don't like it i, I just defended him but that's the only thing i would say that's got in his favor but not to give him horns so he can overpower someone else's big guy on a blitz i think is a bit that's a bit suspect yeah i wasn't happy about that i thought that was a bit shit yeah, just a bit. Yeah, I don't like that one. But then, if you have got a comment that you would like to share with us, we have got a Facebook page, and you can find us as Tier 3 uh, Podcast, where people have left us uh, questions. They have. So, should we get, have a look at these? Oh, did you see how quickly I slid into that <sighs> new section then? See, that, that that was a nice little segue. So, first up, and we'll alternate these, so somebody has asked. This is a two-parter. So, first of all, best drinks to accompany a Blood Bowl game your favourite tipple and secondly are goblins now a dead team given their appalling NAF rankings or are they the new real blood bowlers team what are your thoughts on both of those right well to me what I mostly drink uh, during the game is monster because I'm always fucking knackered and I need to be awake that seems to be my go to but I, I like a I like a nice cool cool cider if it's going to be a nice long day and then you go on to take your time cider's nice Keeps you nice and chill. If you're looking for like just an at-home game with your mates, Jack Daniels, Gentleman Jack, or a Honey Jack Daniels, they're nice and smooth as well, and they they give you that little warm feeling. What about you, Bert? I can get on board with those. I think it, depending on the time of day that the game game is, if it's an evening game, which is when we tend to play most, it's usually either a monster or a, or a beer or a cider. If it's a, if it's early morning, so just get into an event and it's sort of seven eight o'clock in the morning, coffee. But if I'm sat at home and it's a home thing or at a mate's house, a cup of tea goes down goes down a treat while you're having a good chin wag and a game of game of blood bowl. So, coming on to the second part of the question, I think this is the less serious question, actually. Goblins, are they a dead team given their appalling NAF rankings, or are they the new real Blood Bowlers team? It's a hard thing to say, but because, if we're being honest, I think goblins are halflings with a bad rep. Yes. You know, they, they work the same, really. I think because of the secret weapons, a lot of people rely on that with goblins, where they don't have that on halflings and they don't rely on it. Yeah. So perhaps it is a real blood bowlers team if you can try not to work around secret weapons as much. I think there's that, and I think it's also with this era being the era of the star player and the fact that Carla, Griff, Rumbelow, Morg, you can use them all with halflings. It just means that there's more accessibility to the more meta star players at the moment. Yeah, but I think they've got access to, like, what was it? They've got access to Varag, which yep. is, he's just as good as Griff, if not better, in my opinion. I've gone up against him, and Varag has put him down loads. Let me just have a look at a quick list a minute, and let me just give you some equivalents of star players like and this is the only thing i think because it's a star player edition there's more in favor of humans and dwarves and elves it's that's more in favor than it is the other way around so goblins what was it goblins have got let's have a look 
they have Badland Brawls. So all the uh, star players can only have access to Bad Badland Brawls. So they've got the Black Garbo, which for 225 points, he's not really an equivalent to anybody. He's he's just a bomber with a, a nice cape. And the ability to foul is good when you want to get the most fouls because you can do two a turn. Other than that, he doesn't really do much different than a normal bomber, no. in my opinion. No, there's... Him, Varag, and then I think they're trying to give him the crack and crumble beard, you know. So, because I'm looking at it now, um, you can have Helmut Wolf, but he's, he's a fucking a secret player, so he's not going to be around long. You've nope. got Morg. Yeah, you've got Morg, but he's really expensive. But then again, mm. goblins are as cheap as halflings, you could do that. Yeah, there's not a lot they can do. What they need, and what they should have done, is. They should have brought back Ripper. Yep. That's what they needed to do, in my opinion. But I think it's because it's Star Player Edition, it's more in favour of the humans, the halflings, the dwarves. Yeah. It seems to be more in our favour. But I think they're better off taking goblins in a tournament setting than, say, a league. Yeah. Because I think in a league, they are very squishy. They got low armor. You have a bad game where most of our teams taken out. It's going to be hard to replace. It's going to be a lot of journey. You're not going to get much past the bottom of the table and if you want to take him to a league for just for shits and giggles that's fine I, we, I don't want to stop you playing him because it's all about having fun but you've got to be realistic and they are tough and if you are trying to do it to say oh I want to see as far as I can get with them you're going to get frustrated you, you're playing you're playing goblins for the fun of goblins yeah like you say tournament setting slightly different where as you say everything regens you know you You've got the same star player for every game, so on. I, I think once we've seen a few more star players, and like you say, had Ripper come back, or if Ripper does come back going forwards, I think it might be a different story. I think since Snotlings have come out, even cheaper, and the fact that they can take four big guys effectively, plus star player, because of how cheap they are, I think there's, there's a team that do what they do, also have other fun, cool stuff, slightly better than they do. So I think I, I, I think it won't be long and people will figure out how to, to move goblins up the table. Yeah. I, I don't think it'll be too long, and I think there will be people who, like they've done with vamps when Blood Bowl 2020 dropped and everybody sort of shit the bed a bit with vamps and went, oh look, they're crap now. And then they went and won a 7s and 11s event in the same weekend. So I, I think it won't be long and somebody will figure out how to run them effectively. Like you say, the league longer term, especially if you're looking at a 10 plus league setting, a 10 plus games league setting, sorry. Like you say, things are going to die. I think the only way you're really going to pick up victories in those sort of games is if you have a half before all your secret weapons are sent off where you just literally murder the other team and everything turns into a Kaz or your opponent's KOs just don't come back and they're left with say four players left and they just aren't able to move around you i think that's the only way realistically that goblins are going to win in a longer term league setting you get your hits in early and before everything's sent off if i i would be interested to hear how people are getting on in leagues with them if they're taking them seriously where they're getting with them and and what they're finding works drop us a message if you are running them drop us a message if you've run them at events how you got on with them what you would tweak yeah don't forget we've only had this edition now for roughly a year and a lot a lot of people at the beginning we were still uk wise wales wise we were still trapped at home or very limited interaction with friends friends and all that and in gaming groups so there's still a lot i, I feel to figure out like yeah. there's a lot of easy access stuff and it's obvious from the get-go that's why people have gone oh 
I can do uh, Griff and Rumble or Griff Carla, that's an amazing combination, or Morgan, you could say Morgan Rumble. You've got combinations where things can work, but it's the more nuanced stuff now has got to work its way in as well. So, But that stuff takes time. You're not going to find it out within the first year. Absolutely. Perhaps by this time next year, we would have seen like goblins a bit further up because things change exactly and a lot of this edition so far has all been theory bowl because you know things have only just started up you know july august time you know we had six months of looking at rule books without really being able to play games longer term properly i'm gonna have to cut you off there so i'm gonna quick fire question you know right question one how about after seeing windrum uh, in a draggle outfit how easy could he pass for a pe- uh, penny pie whistle he couldn't pass for penny pie whistle because penny pie whistle has bigger shoulders Ed, what do you think about that? Do you think he could pull it off? Wrap his trainers around his knees and stuff for jumper up his shirt, give him the pot belly. Um, yeah, yeah, fair enough. He could get there. Okay, so that's the next Sin City uh, outfit. Talking about Windrum, he has got in contact and he asked Dragula, would you or wouldn't you? No for me, Windrum. But I, well, I told Beard's missus that uh, he was going home with him and sent him a very lovely photo of you two together. I've said I'm an asshole. Why not? But at least she found the funny side of it, don't I? Oh, she does. My missus thinks it's hilarious. Go to Blood Bowl tournament and come home with a new wife. I think it's great because I got somebody else that I can take the piss out of you with. You, on the other hand, you've got somebody else taking the piss out of you with your missus and giving her extra ammo. I don't know how you feel about that, but uh, your missus is happy, so... Happy wife, happy life, innit? <laughs> exactly. He also asked, Now that you've both beaten me at tabletop, who is in next squad chaos target slash victim? That is indicating that we know how to play. We don't. So I only beat him on a turn 16 and I was by luck more than anything. So I'm going to need probably another two games against Windrum. I think with you, Beard, you've only beaten him once. So you probably want an extra game against him. Yeah. And I think after that, the next person I want to play is Glow because he seems like he's too busy laughing at you more than uh, anything else. And then when I feel like I've got my big boy uh, socks pulled up, probably go for Thor, but that's going to be it hell of a long way off what about you Bob? well you've covered the same people as i as i was going to suggest but there's there's a few other people i've i've played spleggy nice bloke lovely bloke to have a game against i really want to play against lunch money badly damaged finger shall we say because i'm pretty sure that's going to inhibit his ability to roll dice so i might actually have a chance of beating somebody at squad chaos well to be honest squad chaos have got a very big roster they have technically right we are part of squad chaos so I could really say my next opponent is going to be like you, and you can say me. So, but uh, I don't think that's what he means. I think he means the Squad Chaos podcast people. So that's why I've given my roster like it was. Like I said, you you feel it the same, don't you, about that? But yeah, yeah. There's a, there's other people that we want to play as well. Here we go. We got one from our friend Dan, the uh, Ginger Noob. Why people taking non-halfling stars for halflings? Are they posers and not true followers of the Fling Nation? Uh, to me, it's not really bullshit because I think I heard a lot of talk about people would want to take Griff with Halflings. It's just an extra avenue for them. It's probably a lot cheaper than going three big guys all the time. But yeah, you're right. They are posers. You've got to have trees everywhere, haven't you, for Halflings? It's, it's, not, a, it's not a Halfling team unless they, you know... There's three trees on the uh, team. A true halfling coach wouldn't matter what 
what stars on his team. A true halfling coach would be stood in the pie shop, making sure there's enough pies for the half-time break to revive people. Do you know what? You're right. Fuck. It doesn't matter about the uh, the star players. A true halfling coach would always make room for a chef. Exactly. He is the star of the team. He is the one that does the most work. And I think I'm going to call it there on the questions because we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we've got Kickstarter Corner. We have indeed. Right then, guys, we're back and we're going to be talking Kickstarter Corner. And we got something special this time, which is Grebo Chaos Dwarfs. So, be it. Why don't you take it away, my friend? So this is a very, very hotly anticipated Kickstarter. We all know Grebo put out some lovely, lovely models. And these are their Chaos Dwarfs, or as they call them, Dwarvagenum. So with this, you have a full team, full roster as your starting team. Base team pledge, you get eight Hobgoblins, Minotaur, two Bull Centaurs, six Blockers, and... If you pledge in the first 24 hours, you get their Star Bull Centaur as well. So base team itself comes with 18 models as well as any stretch goals. Now, the quality on these is absolutely fantastic. They've put previews up of all of their positionals. So um, they've even put them on the pitch as well, showing off their designed base toppers that they've done as well. And every single one of these looks unique. It's got loads of great character to them, loads of great muscle definition on things like the ball centaurs and the minotaur. They they look absolutely great. Now with these, as I say, the base team pledge gets you 18 models and that works out about 68 pounds or if you're spending that fancy euro money, about 79 euros. I was going to say, before you carry on, one thing I think is amazing about this Kickstarter is because of the way people talk about Chaos Dwarfs, oh, I don't like the pointy hearts. Oh, I wish they didn't do this, right? Grebo have decided, they went, all right, you don't like pointy hearts? Well, we got two pledges. One that's going to have six blockers with hearts, six blockers without hearts. So I know you're just about to go through the pledge amounts, but I want people to bear that in mind before they go and look at it, that there's two different pledges for the same amount just with or with ha- without hats, it's going to be something for everybody on this pledge. Absolutely, and talking of which, they also offer, as part of the add-ons, you can buy the helmeted blocker bundles or the barehead blocker bundles, where you can get all six blockers with helmets or all six without helmets. So if you want all 12, you can play with all 12. Again, as part of the add-ons, you can buy individual models as well in the in the pledge manager if there's one in particular that you really want if you only want one to have a pointy hat because pointy hats aren't your thing you can head over to the pledge manager once it goes through and you can buy the individual models that you're after as well did you see as well on add-on that they doubled down on the big hat by giving this one guy the big hat which is like twice as tall as every other other hat he's not just got a big hat he's known as the big hat that's how he's referred to he's i think he's got about five hats worth of hats on to be honest yeah he's like oh you want dwarf with a hat take this motherfucker great sorry about i'm interrupted again you no no it's right. he's even showing off and pointing at his big pointy hat and yelling about his big pointy hat because he wants you to see his big pointy hat now the stretch goals there's an extra four hobgoblins team marker two balls bull centaur prone and stunned markers prone and stunned markers for the minotaur uh, re-roll token, referee, cheerleader, dwarf coach, bull mascot, and if you're in the first 100 pledges, you get under base numbers that you can stick underneath the bases as well. So for a base 
set that is an awful lot of models in Grebo's patented Greeblood as well. So it's their amazing quality resin as well. So you know that you're getting top quality product that, that works really, really well at keeping the paint in. These these you can paint these with contrast quite easily because the amount of detail on them. Now they do have other add-ons as well. So they've got the band, which they've got Dijin, they've got Iron Steve, Mr. Kill, and Never Joey, which looking at them, we've got Lemmy Kilminster, Gene Simmons from KISS. And we've got the Joey Jordison drummer. That's 44 euros if you want the full band, but you can, of course, buy them individually. Yeah, and they are highly detailed as well. Oh, they are. Pennies wise before Christmas, I won't be looking at getting them. Come the new year, I'll be buying the full band just for the painting shelf. In terms of add-ons then, they've got a number of add-ons that you can add separately. So for six euros, you can add an apothecary, bribe, or even a chaos dwarf fire belly, which I think looks absolutely great. That's really well detailed as a fire belly. A mage for seven euros. There's two different star hobgoblins. Lazixis, who's a hobgoblin that's wielding knives and he's, he's stood on a, the skull of a downed player. And then you've got Gunko, who looks a cracking standing for the black gobbo. The, uh, the detail on... on uh, Gunko looks great. You've got two dwarf star players. As you said, you've got the musicians. So the, the, the two guitarists and the Lemmy, they're eight euros a piece. Then coming to the nine euros bracket, we have a, and I absolutely love this, we have a model that stands in for Skrull Halfite, Brozor Nightfall. And he's a skeletonized dwarf in a running position. And he looks absolutely great. I, I think he looks fantastic. I will be having one of these because I think the model on that looks amazing. There's also a bomber, Demolition Garfen, Hurric Hammerfist, so a, another dwarf. Looks very, very similar to a Chaos Troll Slayer. And then there's Rumdo Silverspine, Chaos Dwarf sporting a giant chain axe. So if you wanted a dwarf with a chainsaw, that's your man. Then there's Doralm Shatterwall, which I think looks great. He's he's basically a Chaos Dwarf fanatic, and he, he's mid-flow of launching the ball and chain at somebody, and that the, the detail on that is so dynamic, even for dwarfs. People say GW dwarfs are boring. Grebo have knocked them out of the park. There's also Ogre Chainsaws that they've done as well. They even do themed base toppers. So for 19 euros, you can get 19 base toppers. So you've already got all of your Chaos-themed bases sorted if you add in for those so that's 19 euros the joey jordison drummer on his own is 20 euros because he's a big big chunky model just like joey jordison's drum kit there's a lot on there and you can also buy as well positional nameplates at one euro a time so for things like catcher lineman runner blocker thrower blitzer star player you can buy those as well at one euro a time just to, just to make it even clearer what's what and there's also an add-on as well for 85 euros you can even buy Grebo's amazon caramat team in Greeblood for the full team the campaign itself is absolutely phenomenal they've thrown so much at people because i think haven't they said all-in pledge because I, I know you haven't gone through the pledges yet but there's an all-in pledge of um it's worth about 250 pounds plus yeah at the moment it is ridiculous what uh you've got in that box it's the all-in box will take you a year just to finish i think there's so so much in there you've mentioned a lot of add-ons you've mentioned a lot of the models themselves just to reiterate if you are looking for chaos dwarves that are not gw these are the boys to get because they're very dynamic modeled very well so it's like they look like they're doing something or just standing there puffing up their chest they look like they're getting ready to block they're getting ready to run like you've said the detail is fantastic just i'm gonna be honest i've put my name down already for chaos dwarf team i've also put my name down for 
the scroll half height standard because i think that's an absolutely fantastic model just like we've said previously star players don't need to be catching a ball or throwing a ball if they're supposed to be blockers let them run and that's what they've done with uh, that model They've made him look like he is getting ready to batter the shit out of someone. If anybody from Grebo is listening, these are very fantastic models. I've gushed over this too much now. Beard, tell everyone about the pledges, my friend. And I'm going to have a minute to calm down. I, I think you're going to need more than a minute to calm down. When these came out, everybody was absolutely stunned at the quality on these. But saying that, it's Grebo. They put out high quality work. And they've even got initial sketches before they've started casting and you can see how closely they have kept the original sketch designs to the to the castings. They look amazing. So in terms of pledges then, your first 24 hour pledge for the base team is 79 euros or 68 pounds as we said. And then you've got various add-ons so you can just pledge a euro or more depending on what you're looking for. And then from there onwards, so the, the base team, if you bought it within the first 24 hours, you got a free Bull Centaur star player. Uh, if you're outside of the first 24 hours, you get the base team just without the star player, but you do get all the stretch goals. That's, as we said, £68 or €79. Euros, and you can select whether you want bear heads or helmets for that. But as we said, they've got the Carimat team, so the Amazons, they're €85 Euros or £73, and that comes with everything you need for that team as well. Now, you mentioned the big bundle. I'm not going to reel off everything that's on here, but there's something like over 30 to 35 pieces to this before you factor in all the themed bases and nameplates. And that works out at 249 euros or 213 pounds. And they have said how much that would be worth brand new. So you can see once it's in their regular store. So once it's in their regular store, and you'll be shocked by this at the saving, 396 euros. So you're getting 150 euros off this. So that shows you just how much you are saving if you jump on board this Kickstarter and you buy everything. There is somebody out there that's gone for everything. You know, there are a couple out there that have done it. And then all your add-ons then, are, as we said, as we're going through the prices, are ranging from sort of six euros up to to 20 euros depending on what you're adding on you signed up for these i've signed up for these as you said everything looks like it's in motion it looks like it's doing something on the pitch from the hobgoblin who's leaping to catch the ball uh, from the hobgoblin who looks like he's punching somebody to the floor it is we we can't stop gushing over these they they are absolutely stunning models and don't forget they have said as well as soon as this finishes which i believe is finishing next tuesday in the 16th of november Yep. They're going to get the pledge manager up. Yep. And as soon as the pledge manager's done, they're going to start getting ready for shipping before Christmas. Absolutely. There's not many companies that would be able to turn that around. No, there's not many companies. And Grebo have promised this, and I fully believe that they can do it. Because as soon as I do that pledge manager, believe me, I'm going to be friends with my front door watching, hoping to get a parcel. I know it's going to take seven weeks, but the excitement, because seeing how good these models are. And don't forget as well, you can buy the mutations as add-ons on this team now. So if you want a claw, because that's the one you go for, or tentacles, you can have them add-ons. Yep. And they look phenomenal on the kit because they if you go on the kickstarter they've got the cad design and then they've got the actual models underneath them and like we've said there's no difference between those pictures it's just a different paint job and it's absolutely fantastic oh it and is i can't wait to get those models in my hands it is i think the work that alessio and the guys at grebo put into these and their other teams you can tell these guys love their hobby and their work you know compared to some teams that do look very static and not much character these every single model looks brilliant 
I'll probably join you on Discord just like opening the box just so we can like gush over it together. It's absolutely fantastic. I think that's everything we need to cover when it comes to Grebo. It is indeed. I know there's not a lot of time from the time you hear this to the time it ends, but I advise you, get amongst it. You don't want to miss out on these models. To get them before Christmas as well, that's amazing. That's a pledge that only Grebo can... Uh, give us is that everything from kickstarter corner that's everything from kickstarter corner mainly because we've had somewhat of a drop this weekend that i know you're a big fan of that i'm a big fan of and i think we both want to start trying tell us all about it jay well to be honest but there's not a lot to say it's in some ways it was a little bit of a disappointing news for the actual announcement that was coming out from Bloodborne because we didn't be doing told about any like star player almanac we weren't told about any new teams they didn't even look at the core models in depth but what they did announce is something that i know a few people have asked for since the new release because we've had our sevens game we got our normal game and i know a lot of people some of the older heads in the community used to like and was announced today as of time of recording dungeon bowl is coming back it's been updated there's some new uh new tiles new uh terrain features new rules and it's just polished. It's its own little in-game system. So if anybody's just starting out in Blood Bowl and they want to try Dungeon Bowl, it's not that you've got to learn a completely new system. It's just contained within itself. Because the team setup is different to normal Blood Bowl, isn't it? It's Colleges of Magic setting up the team because they've announced that there's going to be a new box rather than you just buy the, buy the tiles. That probably will come down the line. But we are going to be getting a Dungeon Bowl box, which is going to be be the College of Fire against the College of Shadow, if I remember rightly. One team is going to have Ogres, Dwarves and Snotlins, and the other one's going to be Dark Elves and Skaven, which that's going to be a very tasty combination. It's going to be very fast, very stabby, I think. If you are a previous fan of Dungeon Bowl, or if you want to try something new, I think this is going to be a nice place to start, because I know there's a few people in our club that want to play Dungeon Bowl. Perhaps this is going to be the start of something new. Perhaps this is going to be something new within the tournament. If this just if it's not going to be a super serious NAF one, perhaps we'll have one day of normal Blood Bowl, perhaps a second day of Dungeon Bowl, perhaps it goes overground underground wombling free it's going to be interesting this christmas time between corn and dungeon bowl fingers crossed that we do get to see extra star players but i'm not going to say hold your breath because their main focus is going to be dungeon bowl so it's a little bit for everybody isn't it it is but like i said about the uh, star player almanac we got some information about a new star player that's just hit the scene and his name creek ruskoja he is the new well i say new skaven fanatic the reimagining of uh creek and i think it's good that they've actually provided you with a player card for him yep creek is 170,000 gold pieces for Underworld Challenge or Favoured of. So that could be Favoured of Nurgle, Favoured of Cone, Favoured of Slanesh, Favoured of Zinch when they come out. He is very versatile. He's uh, a few things going for him. He has Movement 5, Strength 7, Agility 4+, plus, No Passing, and Armor Value 10+. Plus. So he's a very strong, very uh, stable boy. His skills are Ball and Chain, Lona 4+, plus, Mighty Blow plus one, no hands, prehensile tail and secret weapons. What do you think about that beard? I think as a star player, I think he's I, I think he's great. I'll certainly be trying to use him. He's a fantastic looking model as well. And from what we've seen in this model, he's well worth the money you're paying for him. Because it's not just like 
you're paying 30 quid and it's like the flimsiest bloody model that's been held on by its hair or it's got one finger to the floor and you're supposed to like balance him on that one finger. He's a considerable girthy boy. One thing I've noticed is we like a little bit of a, a chunk on our models and uh, that boy uh, ticks all the boxes for us. He does and they, they haven't done the usual stupid thing of Oh, look, he's got to be carrying the ball in some weird way, and he's got to be balancing on one leg, and he's got to be twisted in some way that doesn't look humanly possible, nor possible to do in a situation where he's surrounded by three players trying to hit another player. But that's because he's got no hands. Well, there is that. If he could hold a ball, I bet you he would have had one foot on the floor, or he would have had his tail on the floor, and he would have been reaching up for a ball, or perhaps his head would have been turned to the side as well. Possibly. He'd have also needed to have been on one foot as well. Oh no, I think that's where the tail would have been. Instead of the one foot, he would have used his tail like a little spring, like a loony tune. I think that's fair. So it's even more weight on the thinnest part of the model, just to piss people off. Don't understand why every player that can hold a ball has got to be held in some weird way that looks like they're trying to do a 360 spin while grabbing hold of the ball. Don't like it. Not a fan. Just make it look like they are mobile they don't have to look agile, just mobile. A menacing figure running down the pitch. Like, I know it sounds daft. Do you know um, Half Height? Hmm. I liked his model because he looked like he was doing something. I know he had the ball on a friggin' stupid skeleton hand. But the actual model himself, without the hand, looked like he was doing something. More than just yeah. catching a ball. And I like that. The Blood Bowl Widow. Because she's another one. Because she's a, a ghoulie. And... Goodies don't have hands. She didn't have a ball in her hand. She didn't look like she was twisting for it. And she looked like she was floating on the pitch. It was yeah. a proper mobile looking or a proper action pose, I should say. It doesn't have to be catching a ball. Exactly, and it doesn't have to be the flimsiest part of the model that's stuck to the base either. I'm just trying to get into Forge World two seconds, I know. Yeah, he, he made like he looks like he should be. Two feet planted, one hand sung forward as if he's just slogged somebody a punch, and he's reaching with the other hand. Same with Deep Root. Deep Root, two feet on the floor, and he's launching a pile of rubble. Like, the willow rose back. Flimsiest part of the model on the floor, ball in one hand, reaching out. I don't get the fascination with that pose. There's so many more ways that could have them posed. Worst model I reckon at the moment. Like, I don't like Cheney's model. At the moment, I I hate to say it because I don't I don't want to give Panga praise, but the uh, Willem Cheney is far better than the GW one. He doesn't have to be holding the ball, he doesn't have to be jumping, he just looks menacing. I think yeah. that's a nice pause for Cheney. Look, looking at this, we'll see how many are on on one foot. So one, two, three, four, five, five out of six, seven out of nine, ten out of twelve. 10 out of 14, 10 out of 15. 8 out of 100 over 10. 12 out of 19. Until you get to the ones that we mentioned at the end, 12 out of 19 players are on one foot. One foot. Change the fucking pause. Exactly. I think it's nice that, in a way, that they're looking like the art in the book, but I don't need it for every model. Yeah. For as much as I hate the model, the troll looks like... He's throwing a like he's throwing a teammate. He looks like he's doing a job he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Star players just look like, oh, we know they can catch a ball. Let's put a ball in their hand. Change it up, like. I agree. There's oh, me bitching a morning. Right. I think we've covered Kickstarter. We've talked about Dungeon Bowl. 
and we've uh, we've talked about creek as well so i think what we're going to do now bud is we'll have a little break again and then we'll go into the topic of the show which is going to be chaos dwarves <laughs> Right then, guys, we're back, and now we're going to be talking Chaos Dwarves, and we're going to be talking what we like, what we dislike, how we would build a team, and what we think would be good to work with our team. So, Bia, are you looking forward to this, my friend? I am. I I like Chaos. I think they're a, a nice little team. I think there's a mix of everything in there, so yeah, this should be a good one. As we know, Chaos Dwarves are a team of legend. Rerolls are 70,000 gold pieces each. The special rules are Badland Brawl, favoured of World's Edge Super League. Depending on how you want to run your Chaos Dwarves, you could run them as uh, Corn, Undivided. We know there's going to be a Corn spike coming up. Let's see what benefits we get for being uh, Corn aligned. Before I prattle on any further let's have a little breakdown of the team so be do you want to go over the hobgoblin for us yep so the hobgoblin is your basic lineman mook you can have 0 to 16 of these guys cost 40,000 so they're the cheapest player on your roster movement six strength three agility three passing four plus armor value eight they have no basic skills their primary access is general their secondary is agility and strength so they've they've got nothing built in they're just a basic mook just stood there to get punched until they do something of note they're a strong goblin they're a strong goblin yep hence hob goblin but yeah they are just they you throw away guys they you guys that if you have to get rid of somebody because of bloat it's probably going to be them now in regards to skills then so primary skills as we said are general and secondaries are agility and strength so there's three different ways that i build these guys first one is a dedicated fowler so dirty player and sneaky git the second one would be sure hands and sidestep because he's going to be the gopher who goes and gets the ball at the back of the field and brings it forward uh, and then i've got a kick guard guy guards never a bad thing and kick as we know he's very very useful for forcing your opposition to have to go backwards to go collect the ball or put into a more advantageous position for yourself to go forward and chase what would you do with your hobgoblins if you were to start skilling them up well we must be spending too much time together because i went dirty player sneaky git i also went show hands and sidestep yeah i also went kick and guard right i've also thought because these are soft players fend Keep them out of the uh, tackle zone. Yep. Strip ball, because they're going to be the ones darting around and uh, hopefully being a nuisance. Thick skull, keep them on the pitch longer. Yep. But if you don't want to be putting block on them or dodge, because like, we try to advocate not to do that, could be a chance of a brawler on them, just for a bit of safety. It could. It's, it's one of those skills that does ensure a little bit of safety. It's, it's, it's not a bad skill, isn't brawler. It's not something I pick as my number one skill, but it's certainly got its uses. And I think the hobgoblin is definitely one of them. So next up... We have the Chaos Dwarf Blockers. Do you want to run us through those? Yeah. Chaos Dwarf Blockers. You can have zero to six of these. They're 70,000 each. Movement four. Strength three. Agility four plus. Passing six plus. Armor value ten plus. They come with skills block, tackle and thick skull. The primaries are general and strength. Secondaries are agility and mutation. They're not your quickest, but these are the ones that are low center of gravity, ready to thump someone. Go to admit... 
block tackle thick skull it's the usual dwarf uh, uh, combo they've got the skills there already to pay the bills they've got a nice base to work up from they're reliable they've got skills that are going to keep them on the table they've got skills that are going to stop people getting past them they've got high armor so what you could do then as your primaries just uh, get the ball rolling could be a chance to put a mighty blow on a player because you're going to be doing a lot of hitting yep. with them dauntless so you could probably fit them out to be a foe troll slayer grab guard wrestle all good combinations and then secondary i reckon you could probably be forgiven for not doing any agility because i don't think agility would work for chaos dwarves unless you go jump up there's no real urgency to go down the agility route but you could put claws on them to make them that little bit tougher tentacles because then you're just going to be a pain in the ass when you start running into people horns because they're going to hit that little bit harder when they're uh, blitzing foul appearance just to be a pain in the ass so the, these guys are going to be straight in your face and they're going to be hard to maneuver from and if you're unfortunate foul appearance can really fuck up a play now and again beard how would you uh, do you as i've gone with a couple of different ones i've gone with i know this is only two primaries rather than a primary and a secondary but i really think guard stand firm is a really good combination on these armor value 10 block tackle guard stand firm i think is is one hell of a combination i also went stand firm and diving tackle because if you're going to be putting him in the way people are either forced to deal with it or they're forced to try and get away with it which diving tackle could help let's say agility is not necessarily something you would go for as a as a, as a straight off the bat but it has its uses like you claws horns if you decide that you want one to be a blitzer grab i think is a useful one especially if you're forcing them along a line of scrimmage into other blockers that could do damage if that one hasn't and has only rolled pushes claws and tentacles like you said are both very useful skills on these guys like you said foul appearance these are going to be in the way these are going to be because you've got block tackle built in they're going to be getting into the thicker things so i think anything to stop your opponent getting them out of the way again i think is useful so i think for me stand firm is probably one of the first ones i'd, I'd go for on this yeah so you said diving tackle you said is it diving tackle if you if you're forcing me to have to pick something that i wouldn't normally pick with these and this would only be if you've already got stand firm on the guy because i think stand firm you're saying that you're going to be putting the guy in the way and you don't want him moved so your opponent has to do one of two things they either have to put him down which if he's in the way and you've got somebody else with guard or there's an additional helper additional assist then he's, he's going to be difficult to shift so they're going to want to try and run away diving tackle could be useful if you're forcing me to pick an agility skill in that instance you're not necessarily using it for for ball carrying you're using it as a as a way of keeping your your opposition players where you want them so you can put them down or you're forcing them to think twice about dodging away now that we've had a word chore for that why don't you take bull centaurs for us bud so bull centaurs you can have up to two of these, so not to two. They cost you 130,000 gold pieces. Movement six, strength four, agility four plus, passing six up. Again, armor value 10. Built in, they have sprint, sure feet, and thick skull. Their primaries are general and strength. The secondaries are agility. For me, these are your built-in blitzers. They've got the higher movement, they can get around the pitch a bit quicker than the, the, dwarfs, uh, the dwarfs can, but they're also useful for getting over the line with the ball because they've got an agility four up and they have sprint and sure feet. They can go the extra up to three squares and re-roll a failed one on those. So that, I think that's quite useful. In regards to what I would give them skills-wise, thinking of a ball carrier, if you are gonna, if you are going down that route, be sure hands and sidestep. If you add that to sprint and sure feet, it's, it's quite useful. If you're going to use them as a blitzer though, mighty blow, 
certainly. And I would possibly also say jump up as well, because that negates anybody trying to take them out and put them down. They get back up without any penalties and they can blitz. Jump up, so jump up's a weird one, but because I think. I remember rightly, jump up is you've got to use a, an agility roll if you want to get up and block someone. They make an agility test applying a plus one modifier. So if you're going to block, it would be on a three up. It'd be better for you to get up and assist someone, I would say. It would, but you still got the full movement of six when you do that. That's where I think that's useful because even if they're put down, they've still got their, their main movement on that. Are you really losing your main movement when you've got sprint and sure feet? There is that. That's another point as well. But when you've got sprint and sure feet, that movement goes from six to nine with re-rolls need if needed in terms of other skills again i think stand firm would be quite useful being strength four juggernaut would be quite useful if you're using them as blitzers again guard would be useful you're, you're wanting them to get in the way you want them to get in the thick of things you want them to hold plays up i'd say any of those are perfectly viable skills what what have you gone for with your centaurs well mostly the same as you i've said sure hands then mighty blow plus one as it's a, a blitzer because you wanted someone safe running with the ball perhaps he's got to plow through people juggernauts and guard tackle because then he could be a nuisance if he's running in to try and get to get the ball off people because if they can't really jump away unless they assert a lot of bodies around him fend he's keeping away from tackle zones we said that movement nine could be useful because he can if he's pushed away and there's a gap you can just run it i've also said catch diving catch that literally leaves us with the enslaved minotaur do you want to uh, tell the folks about that so the enslaved minotaur you only have one of them 150,000 gold movement five strength five agility four plus no passing nine plus armor his skills and traits are animal savagery frenzy horns loner four plus mighty blow and thick skull his primary is strength is secondary is agility general and mutation if we are looking at the team as a whole we've noticed there's no passing whatsoever on chaos dwarfs they're the team that's got no access to passing which means they haven't got access to leader so they can't get that untouchable uh, reroll the minotaur to me he is a dead weight in the team because for what he can do i think your centaurs can do and they can do it a bit faster and i'd say more reliably as well yeah if i had to take one it'd have to be guard because if he is in the thick of it he's being helpful juggernaut can help him stand yep. firm i wouldn't bother with agility if i was going secondary i would go pro tackle foul appearance tentacles and claws that would be my ideal minotaur for 150,000 gold i think that's a bit of a point thing you'd be better off putting that into rerolls beard what uh, have you got to say about the minotaur my friend oh I agree with you. I think he's just, for his cost, what he does, like you say, centaurs can do just as well. I think they can do the job and they're more of a mainstay in the team. Like you, again, there's two ways I think of running this guy. He's either going to be sat there and I'm not going to activate him because I don't want him to go nuts. So he'd, he'd either have to be guard, stand firm, like you said, disturbing presence tentacles that sort of thing or if i am going to use him and it's not going to be just in a sedentary position it's going to be as a dedicated blitzer so i'd probably go with juggernaut claws that's that's what i'd use him for like you say he's, he's not got any passing like the rest of the team so he's he's not going to be of much use in that sense i think he's the dead weight of the team like you said but unlike most teams that have got animal savagery like say underworlds you could feed them stockmans can't know if you if you go down the road of a rat ogre at least with them they're so cheap you can recycle them there's nothing really at a good point cost to say i can literally get feed this guy to a minotaur and uh 
I'll get, some, I'll get something back in return. If you've had a bad game, you're eating away your linemen on this thing. Yeah. Is he reliable? I'm I'm going to say no. I think he's almost redundant. I just think he's one of those iconic models from Blood Bowl that kind of want to have if you've got the team. We're not going to use him. We've spoken about the actual team itself. Do you want to tell people how you would build your team? Yep. So in 11's league then, I'd have two rerolls. I would have two Bull Centaurs. I'd have the full six Chaos Dwarfs. And I'd have four Hobgoblins. So I've got one as a bench already, so I haven't got to worry about buying that down the line. And that brings me to 980,000, so I've got 20,000 then. If I wanted to add coaches or cheerleaders or to use towards press the Nuffle or other inducements in the first game or two, I think that gives you enough of a team to do most of what you want to do and have a bench if something goes wrong. Yeah. That's that's how I'd run my 11s team. What about you? How do you run your 11s? Very similar. See how this sounds to you. Six chaffs, two centaurs, four hobgoblins, two reroads. Exactly the same, isn't it? Exactly. So I think technically, you, there is loads of ways you could play it. You could you could minimise your chaffs to get more hobgoblins, or take out let a few chaffs to put in a minotaur. Chaffs are your more reliable player. These are the ones that are going to be doing all the hit. Then these are the ones that are going to be creating channels. You need hobgoblins as an assist, and then those are strong enough to like go out on their own. But I think that is a basic team. That I would I think I wouldn't be surprised if that's just like the bog standard template that most people go by. Yeah. It's effective. And it's cost efficient as well. Yeah, I agree. It's no far for the it's everything's got a purpose. Everything's got a use and everything comes with quite a bit of skills and it, there's not a lot of negatives. Absolutely. In terms of sevens then, I think, to be honest, if I was to run these in sevens, I'd just do two centaurs, two blockers, and then I'd have three hobgobos and that'd take me to 520. I'd have 80k then for Preston Nuffle or to start building towards a reroll. Yeah, I think two centaurs are a must. Yeah. That's able to move around the pitch quite freely. I think with me, I would do three chaffs and then three goblins. I think that's fair. You've got a bench already, which helps. And we all know how much I love a bench because of how shit I roll. I think that covers Chaos Dwarfs. Ah, no, 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 no. It does not. Here's the thing, my friend. Let's talk about inducements and things we can use with our Chaos Dwarfs. Say we've gone through a season... We've got a little bit of extra cash and we wanted to splash out in the game. Still got access to like Chaos Sorcerers. We got access to Firebelly. And we all know how much I love Firebellies. I think they're so yep. useful. What we can do then is if you've gone down the Nurgle route, you can have your Nurgle Wizard, which is quite helpful. Plague Doctor, if you if you went down Nurgle. Yep. And because of the other features of Badlands Brawls, the War Drummer, total value for your money. Yep. One thing I did notice as well when I was looking at star players, half height can be really useful with uh, this team because he's like a runner that's got a little bit better of a throw so he can open up some plays because he's got accurate the nerves of steel we get access to the white dwarf if you are in the middle of a season you haven't been able to fill out your roster with mighty blow you can use him to be next to players to dedicate that player to have mighty blow before they have their action so you could effectively you're passing out a skill to the team the whole game they things that i would be looking out for if there's anything i have missed they can get in contact with us beard do you remember all the contact details i do uh but before that there's one inducement that i like and that i want to talk about oh go on sir you actually got an opinion i have I have. Uh, I, I quite like the Dwarven Runesmith, who you can get through having the World's Edge Super League special rule. Yes. Uh, and with this, start start your drive, choose one of your players that doesn't have the loner trait, and then you roll a d6, 
On a 4 plus, this works. On a 2 or 3, it doesn't, but you can try it again later. On a 1, it doesn't work. But when it happens, you can then choose either to give your chosen player Mighty Blow. You can choose to give them both Dauntless and Frenzy, giving you a, a quasi Troll Slayer. You can choose to give them Sprint and Show Feet as a runner. You can choose to give them a plus 1 armor value up to a maximum of 11 plus and gain Stand Firm. Or they can gain juggernaut and horns which i think that for me you've got a half decent chance of that going off at some point in the game you've got at least two attempts of giving it a go i just think that for fifty thousand gold pieces i know you're a fan of the wag drum i think that could be really useful as well like you said to give a player mighty blow that wouldn't ordinarily have it i don't know if you've got somebody who's gained a stat up and he's gained a movement up maybe you know you can give him sprint show feet or if you've got a guy who you've halfway got him there to guard stand firm oh look i'll up his armor so i've got an armor 11 Chorf that's got stand firm and guard. I think that's quite useful. It seems very useful, but if I was putting that up against the drummers, I would say drummer would get my vote every time on that one. You've got three dice you're rolling. Minimum you roll to get a zero. We've seen how easy it is. Four plus. I've had games where I've pushed practically the line of scrimmage off. Yep. I've had games where I've pushed out the big guy. So he seems more effective. Like granted. I've got three dice in rolling at that point. Your runesmith, I only got one. To me, is a bit hit and miss. I think that's us done now, aren't we? It is. So those contact details that you mentioned, if people yep. want to get in touch and tell us that how they'd run their chores, you can get in touch with us through Facebook, Instagram, at Tier 3 Podcast. We're on Twitter as well, Tier 3 Podcast. You can message us there. Or you can drop us a message at tier3podcast at outlook.com. Yes, and don't forget we've got an affiliate link with Firestorm Games. The link is going to be in the description below. Firestorm Games, if you do not know, is Wales' largest hobby shop. It's not only the home of wargaming, it's the biggest area for card games, uh, your Mad Magic the Gathering style games, big selection of D&D uh, models and books plethora of paints, brushes, a diorama basin stuff, everything all under one roof. If you were not in the local area, I would say go on to Firestorm online and you will still get the same deal as you would as if you walked into the shop. Absolutely amazing. Great customer services. I don't know what else to say. They are an amazing uh, shop. I've never had a problem with them before the affiliate or after the affiliate. They've always been amazing customer services. Like we said before, when we get kickbacks, we put them back to you. I think that's it, Beard. I think that's everything we need to cover. I know we normally have an end of the show show, but I think we're going to leave that for the next episode. So I hope everyone had a good time. Thank you for staying with us. And I hope that you get in contact and tell us how you would build your chorf team. And let us know if you are intending on picking up the Grebo chorfs as well, because surely I can't be the only one that wants to pick them up. They look very nice, very girthy. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And we will see you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.